Welcome to the Career Conversations podcast brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group. I'm your host, Craig McGregor. And today I have a really fantastic yet random podcast. To start it off, who is Mick Morley? That's the question. You're going to find out if you listen to our podcast. This one comes from random phone call of Craig going headhunting, trying to fill a role and having a really awesome conversation with a guy on the phone to, hey, why don't you come and have a have a chat with me and we'll put it on a podcast. I really wanted to talk to Mick because I wanted to talk to him more about his non-career career, if I can put it that way. Mick has been doing some really great charity work on the Central Coast and, and gives his time up to a number of different organisations and I know there's a lot of people out there that do the same and I just wanted to highlight him and, and just to say to people, hey, it's great to give back to your community. So the majority of our podcast, our chat, is really about some of the things that, that Mick has done and, and we do delve a little bit into his motivation and some of the stories are quite personal and um, genuine and uh, for me cut really close to the bone to what has happened to, to my family over the last couple of years and so it really resonated with me what he's doing and I really congratulate him on, on the charity work he's doing. We turn at the end of the podcast to his to his paid career and we go into his history as a roofer and he answers the career conversation, conversation uh, time machine question with a fantastic uh, answer. So look, before we get into the podcast, uh, if you're listening to it around May in uh, 2021, Mick is about to embark on uh, Dancing with the Stars on the Central Coast in aid of um, support for the Cancer Council. Uh, If you can, we'll have uh, a link to the show notes on our website. Jump on there and and donate some money. Try and get him up over 30,000 bucks. And if you listen to the podcast, you'll find out why it's important to him personally to get that cash across the line. So without any further ado, this is a really casual yet awesome career conversation. Who is Mick Morley? Today's podcast is brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group people-centric recruiters. HRG looks to use technology and personal interviewing techniques to ensure the best fit possible for both the candidate and the employer. We operate labour hire and temp services for various sites, conduct permanent recruitment searches and have an innovative program we call temp to perm You can find us on the web www.hrgroup.com.au or search for us on your favourite social site, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. Whether you're an employer looking for a fantastic new team member or you're an individual seeking their next great career move, start a conversation with Hunter Recruitment Group today. Right, well, welcome to the Career Conversation podcast, Mick Morley. Thank you very much, Craig. This is going to be a fun one. We've done zero research. We've literally had a couple of conversations on the phone and I think we connected because you were looking at potentially, oh, I'd love to do a podcast and I'm going to get into some of your charity stuff. You do a lot of interviews down on the Central Coast. So let's just have some fun, hey? No problems. I'm ready to go, mate. All right. So look, I'd rather than start talking about your career, I want to talk about your, let's call it your career that you're not paid for. So by the sounds of the things, the conversations that we've had, you do a lot of charity work, you do a lot around town. What do you do? Tell me some of the stuff that you do. Okay, so most of the, my, my charity work started with a, with a fellow that you know, uh, as in Laurie McKenna. Yep. 
and we got involved in a charity football match once. And How long ago? What are we talking? Uh, seven or eight years ago. Okay. Uh, we we come up to Newcastle, and the boys from Newcastle had this, had this charity called Men of Football. They came down to the Central Coast, and they sold it to us. Laurie was the president. I became his vice president. And from that, rolling on from that, we created a committee. We did some fundraising. I've run golf, I've run golf uh, days, uh, charity football days. I think we end up raising around about a bit over $100,000 in that time. And our biggest claim to fame, which we're all very proud of, was that we rolled out defibs to every club on the Central Coast through help from uh, Central Coast Football, which was a massive thing and something we're all very proud of. Yeah, yeah hopefully they never need to be used. Uh, they've been used. Yeah, right, there you go. And and, and done the job. Yeah, excellent. No, yeah. That's, that's a really powerful thing for sure well it was and, and then Central Coast football was very good good with it as well so and it really got our name out there the defibs are in the clubhouses and stuff with men of football on them and yeah that was that was a massive thing that cost us a lot of money and and over the years we've just helped people mum and dads you know there's just a lot of women you know the husbands you know the, the you know heart attacks and so forth and it's it's not so much the money it, a little bit of money helps but it's the support as well we have a we had a um a chaplain sort of that's with us and it's it's that that part that that that's, that really helps i think so does it men of football help all like ex-professional players or is it down to mums j and dads. grade guys mums and dads mums and dads um that even work in the canteen a lot of the older older guys obviously it, it, it sort of was it originated through over 35s over 45s um and and that's the, the age group that you need help, but we've we've helped everybody. Um, unfortunately, it's it's come to an end for for, for me and and a couple of other fellas for a couple of unforeseen circumstances. But in saying that, we've we've born again uh, a new charity that we've formed called United in Football. So uh, yeah, it's going to be. But then as soon as that happened, our little friend COVID came along, <laughs> and fundraising in that way of golf and all that sort of stuff sort of it's on hold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but it will it will go again for sure. You'd really enjoy. I don't know if you've heard. Laurie's spoken a couple of times here in Newcastle. There's a, a group called Rangers FC. I don't know if you know about Rangers. Certainly do. Yeah, it's a good lunch. Uh, it's usually two a year, and they I don't know they've raised money for men of football in the past. Yeah, I went I went with the men of football uh, Rangers one, and we uh, to Merriweather Surf Club. Yeah, and a few saw years back. Ange Poskakoglu. Yep, and it was amazing. Yep, he 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 uh, impressed me more than anyone I've actually in the football world uh, spoke to he was awesome yeah absolutely awesome yeah, yeah one of, I've read his book one of the best yep. books I've ever read so yeah. inspiring he'd be a great leader yeah so coming from the central coast some listeners might not know that I'm obviously a Mariners fan yeah Mariners fan that's uh, my passion at the moment but it, it, it's my football fashion started a long time before that with uh, the entrance my, my father's uh, there's a, an oval down the ent- at the Bado Bay called uh, Pat Molly Oval which uh, stems from a father who uh, created the uh, entrance soccer club back in uh, 1952 yeah, uh, wow. the very first one on the central coast so that was uh, pretty amazing. They honoured him with that. Uh, he uh, he actually died playing uh, training first grade uh, a few years back. Now uh, died on the field. My brother, me and my brother were there at the time, and uh, later on honoured uh, honoured him. He's a life member. 
my brother's a life member and my mother was actually a life member of the entrance soccer club so heavily involved. Um, yeah yeah heavily involved I, I played there for a while and then we moved over to, to uh, a bit further away and uh, played local that team there and yep. yeah I've been involved in 35s and 45s up to uh, about five six years ago when I the shoulders sort of told me not to do it anymore. Yeah. So what happened to your dad? Uh, yeah, just a massive heart attack on the field. We, we, we trained. Uh, it was early January. I can tell you the date. I can't tell, remember the year. It was the uh, 7th of uh, January. And we were training and he was actually out there picking up the cones. And all of a sudden, he, over he went. And uh, by the time I worked, my brother and myself were both surf clubs. And we worked on him... Uh, but yeah, just back massive heart attack, yeah. And so that's that's it. That's one of the reasons for getting the defibs. Uh, well, that was sort of n- not a reason, but it was certainly sort of all blended in. They did a they did a uh, a uh, article in the paper on, on it with myself, and it was all sort of came together and it was yep. sort of was about a thirty year anniversary. And yeah, it was it made a made a great read. So uh, it it was uh, it wasn't the driving part, but it's funny how things come together and it, there to get it's ironic maybe no i'm yeah. sure you feel much better now knowing that those yeah life-saving pieces of equipment are at every club on the central coast yeah and and have been used yeah yeah and with success yeah it's yeah, amazing yeah it, it was uh, it was uh they are probably one of the better things that we've obviously done uh along with helping other people just you know money monetary is not is not always the thing it's it's a helping hand as well so uh yeah it's a great great organization that was yeah yep so you were mentioning to me off air that you you do a bit of interviews with some of the Mariners guys. How how does that work? Yeah, uh, I, I, I got involved. I've been involved with the Mariners. Uh, I've been a fan for a fair while, obviously. And I used to go to. Uh, I was lucky enough to get to the corporate boxes a few times with a friend of mine who was a uh, a director there, and then got to know people. And then as it went on, uh, he he's moved away from it all, and I've. Uh, Got in there and we, I did a couple of MC, little MC jobs for them, and then uh, got involved. Uh, just do a, a player interviews uh, pre-match. Ones aren't playing, and at the moment we've got a, a great corporate uh, team down in the Mariners there, and we have a big uh, corporate uh, marquee before the game. Uh, it's a network business, business networking for them. And then uh, my regular gig now is to uh, to interview the coach, Alan Stagic. Uh, just before the people go and watch the game. So, yeah, I really enjoy it. Uh, is this unpaid, volunteer? Unpaid, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it. Oh, well, paid in a couple of beers. That's, that's, <laughs> let's, let's say Contribute. that. Yeah, let's say that. Mariners are, Mariners are a, a fantastic uh, family club, fantastic backroom people. They're, they're passionate. They, they, uh, they're all lovely people. It's, uh, I'm glad so we got some success. step me through the start of that. So, obviously, you know, what there's... there's Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of fans of football clubs, but only one of them gets to interview the guys before the the game or interview the coach. How did it? How, so you, you were quite nonchalant there that you knew someone. T- tell me about how it evolved. How did it actually happen that they said, "Hey Mick, can you do this for us?" Okay, pro- probably we'll go back to to maybe my little bit of time with the men of football because uh, I ran the golf days. I invited the Mariners, interviewed. Um, Ex-coaches, well, three of their ex-coaches now in my golf days. Um, Paul Ocon was one of them. And uh, and then got to know them. They'd come to the golf days. Uh, it's just sort of evolved, so to speak. And Mick knows how to talk to people. Mick knows how to make it a bit of fun. And next minute I'm sort of a bit of part of the furniture and they all have a laugh at me that I'm the, like the token sort of 
the guy that goes around has a beer with everybody. Yep. Great gig. Good gig, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Good stuff. And they're lovely people. Yeah. Awesome. And you were telling you were telling me off air again that you're doing some other stuff. You're doing Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, that's. How a, did that happen? Yeah, well, that's a, well, that's a that's a great story. Uh, it's for those who don't know, tell us what Dancing with the Stars. They've probably seen it on Channel Seven. This isn't the same thing. Similar. Tell us what it is. Well, exactly the same format. Yep. Um, Cancer Council do it. They do it regionally. They've done it up here in Newcastle. I think they had theirs a couple of months ago. Yep. Uh, Central Coast and all regions, Armadale, right across the state. And um, local celebrities. Local right? celebrities. So we, in my group, we've got a doctor, we've got personal trainers, we've got uh, restauranters, a lady that makes cakes. That's quite fun. It's just people that are out there and known they, in the community. People in the community and people that they can... Obviously, the, the whole idea is to raise some money. So people they think that have got a network, yep. like myself and a lot of the other people, and can raise some money. Dancing is obviously just the, the fun part of it, so they say, but I don't really agree with that. But <laughs> um, and, the, uh, and then it's just go out there and, and uh, it's just been... Laurie, Laurie's done this, but a lot of people have, have done it. And uh, it's, uh, it all comes to a head this Friday night. Yep. Where's it at? Laycock Theatre at yep. West Gosford. Yep. Uh, 400 people. And there's 11 of us all dancing. Yeah. And at the moment, I'm winning the, uh, I'm winning the amount I've raised just on $27,000. That's amazing. So uh, I'm, I'm top dog at the moment. We'll see what happens. So we've talked about men in football. We've talked about the Cancer Council. Why does Mick Morley do all these things for the community? What's your drive? I, d- I don't know. I get asked. And I, I, I find it difficult to say no. Uh, the Cancer Council, back to the Cancer Council, it, it, so it, the dancing, it, it all happened inadvertently. We, uh, my, my wife and myself and a couple of friends went down to watch uh, Saturday Night Fever in Sydney at the Lyric Theatre. Yep. And we put a post up on Facebook and then it went nutty going, maybe Mick Morley should do <laughs> dancing. And next minute I got the most votes and all this sort of stuff to the Cancer Council and they went... Who's this Mick Morley guy? <laughs> so I had to meet the Janie, the lovely lady from the Cancer Council, for a coffee. She didn't know it was like a blind date. And she sat down there and she would you like coffee? I went, yeah. So I'm Janie. I said, I'm Mick. She goes, who are you? <laughs> and I went, I just told her. She goes, okay. So, and we've had a great relationship since. And the, and the, and the funny part, the strange part about it, I, I signed up for it and about... Uh, what would it be? Around that time, I found out my brother had cancer. Oh, uh, yeah, and he passed away only three weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, really ironic. So Very ironic. Yeah. Making some money and dancing in his honour, eh? Yep. Yes, certainly. Well, it, it came on, yeah, so I'll have him with me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. good luck. Yes, well, uh, dress rehearsal on Sunday, that certainly changed it because what we've been doing, we've been dancing in front of a mirror at a, at a dance studio and looking at each other and just dancing. And... Uh, and then you get out there into the uh, theatre and there's no mirror and there's other people that you don't know looking at you and it was like, oh, this is strange. So, But yeah, we'll go, right, we, uh, we, our theme is Charlie's Angels. So I'm, like, I'm actually Charlie that no one's ever seen. Yeah, and you get right. the scene tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good stuff. A, a great experience, but great yeah. experience. Raising money for, for cancer uh, is so easy because you, you use the word cancer, you do it properly and people are just are so generous. Yeah. There's, there's hardly anyone that hasn't been affected by it, and if they haven't been, they unfortunately will be. Yeah, yeah it's one of those things. But it's a, 
look, amazing that you're doing this, but also, again, I went back to, you know, you were, there's hundreds of thousands of fans at the Mariners. There's hundreds of thousands of people live on the Central Coast and there's 11 people dancing on Friday night. You're one of them. That's just incredible that they've found you. But more importantly, how brave is it? Like, there wouldn't be many people who'd go, like you just said, I'm going to dance in front of 400 people for charity. It's funny. You put yourself out there. It's funny, I've done a little bit of, like I said, um, public speaking. Uh, I can speak in front of people, it doesn't worry me. I can talk to a room full of people I don't know. Um, Were you always like that? Has that just been your personality style? Say I've always been like it, I I, I couldn't answer that, honestly, because I wasn't in that situation. Obviously, it must be there. Um, A lot of people say half the time when I'm doing it, I've already had a couple of beers, but I mean that's not really true because I can do it in my work. No. So, but it's uh, it, I don't know. It, it, I'm a little bit of infectious, maybe, and a little bit annoying at the same time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, I get invited back, so I'm pretty happy with that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, look, I, I, it's great. I love what you're doing, and that's why I wanted to make that the start of our podcast. I think, like I said, it's. It's not a career per se, but you do. How, how much time is this taking your week? Uh, it, look, it doesn't. I mean, the dancing, the dancing part's been last couple of months has been pretty in, in, uh, all-consuming because we, 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 we. Yeah, you got to learn. Well, also you, the, on the other side, we've had the we've 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 done five events to raise the money. Yep. Like I said, well, I'm about about twenty-seven thousand dollars. We've had a couple of uh, trivia nights. I've done a couple of charity football games and raffles and stuff. So that's been... And my wife's been amazing. She's, she's driven it all. Um, and then the dancing the last month's really revved up a couple of times a week. And the gig with the Mariners has just basically come along game day. And, and a little bit, like I said, I'd, I might make a couple of notes but to interview the coach or other people, but I, I mainly wing it. Yep. And I really like the style where we, where we sit down. We're on the stage, but we actually sit down and we've got a mic each. So it's just like... A couple of guys talking about it at the pub. Yeah. And I think that comes along with the best. But, the, but you can wing it to a degree. You've got to have some knowledge of what's going on with the team, what's going on with the general league, yeah. you know, player yeah. movement, whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah, a, a little simple, a little bit of simple sort of research before. And I don't write it down. It's just a little prompt note. Sort of yep. just, you know, and then it's pretty simple to, to talk about the team, the team we're playing against, maybe what happened last week, what what's going to happen this week. And... I always try and have put a little bit of humour in it as well. Yep. And Alan's Dadgic is is a fantastic fella. He's so good. so good, so yep. good. Yeah, and you know you, you know yourself how it's easy to find people that are easy to interview. Um, you can do some of the players, and you'll ask them the question, and I'll go yes, no, <laughs> and you get guys like I've done in the past where you've asked a question and you're sitting there going, can you just be quiet so I can ask another question? You know, so yeah, you get all thoughts. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. I, I remember. I, I'm envious of what you're doing. It's fun. It sounds fun. I got to play in that space um, when the Mariners came to Maitland and played in our FFA Cup. Yes. We had a little corporate area, and I got to interview Craig Johnson. It oh. was great fun. Well, I so, think you've beaten me, mate. Yeah, that was oh. good. That was a good one. Love Craig Johnson. I'm a little bit, probably a little bit older than you, but I can remember watching him playing for Liverpool. And, uh, and he was the he FFA, was there. The F- yeah, I was, I was up. You know, I don't know how don't know how old I was. Nineteen, twenty, maybe I can't remember. I think we we're about the same age. Craig might be a little bit older than me. And uh, 
And it was like, wow, that guy comes from Newcastle? Yeah. And remember that he had the long curly hair, he looked <laughs> unreal and there, there, that was, uh, he was the one that we used to sort of think about, that, you know, still been a soccer player back then. It was all like, that's it, that's amazing. Yeah, it was a great you know? story. It, it was a great story, yeah. That, that would have been a fantastic interview. It was good fun. I yeah. loved it. And same thing, it was helping our club raise money. Yeah. Um, we had more people going to that corporate area because he was there. They weren't here to listen to me. But, geez, it was fun interviewing him. It's interesting you talk to him. I, it's, I shouldn't give away one of my secrets, but Paul Ocon, ex-Australian captain. And um, I've got this question I ask a lot of players like that. Uh, I always ask them a question. If you could pick any player that you played with for Australia to go on your team now, who would it be? And it's and and, and he would have been interviewed a million times. Mm. He turned and looked at me and went, that's a great question, Mick. Yep. Yeah. Good oh, stuff. Do you want to know the answer? Yeah, who was it? For Paul Ocon? Yeah. First player he'd ever pick? Yeah. Harry Cure. There you go. With didn't even... Didn't blink. Didn't blink. Yep. Didn't blink. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, and I've, I do it with other boys, if they're not Australian, but they've played with at the Mariners. And yeah. Um, I, was, I asked uh, John. It gives Hutch. good insight about how sometimes it's not just skill. Yeah, it's that's probably right. More the personality yeah. traits and, and, that sort and of he, stuff. And his reasons for Harry Kiel were, if we needed to win the game, yep. he could win it for us. Yep. That's that was his his reason. You okay. know, if we needed someone to win it, that would be him. You know, probably would have changed. I, mean, I, I, I don't think Paul played with um, with Tim Cahill. I don't think, but he probably would. You know. New ones would probably say Cahill, yep. you know what I mean? That For sort sure. of player. Yeah, it was. It's interesting, and even on a local level, like a well, A League level, asking a player like John Hutchison that played, you know, three hundred games, and you know, he, I asked him who was the toughest player he ever played against. Like, not as in physically tough, just hard to play against. And um, I was, I was amazed. He said Steve Corica from from Sydney. Yeah, a little sort of didn't really, and he goes, he was the hardest player he ever played against. Yeah, yeah. Play and so yeah, it's very good insight. Those ones, good stuff. That's one of my go-to questions. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> well, let's go to your paying career. Yeah, tell us the Mick Morley story. What do you do? Uh, well, I'm in the roofing business, and I'm like a contract sort of manager now. Look after the look after the contractors. Um, basically, it's pretty simple. Uh, it all started, believe it or not. I was a I was uh, left school and I was a beach bum. Typical. Loved it was going to be a lifeguard, what they used to call back then a beach inspector. Yep. My best mate was. And I was sitting out the winter uh, waiting to did some... Did so, some dumb, dumb question, why did you want to be a beach inspector? That is a dumb question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was a beachhead. I loved you the just beach. Loved the I loved surf, the eh? surf club. Loved, loved the beach. Loved the surf club. Spent a lot of time down there. Was paddling surfboards and skis, and just did that sort of stuff, and it was not so much a surfer, yep. but that more the clubby sort of stuff, and the and the. Surf but you club. saw a career in that. You saw that as, hey, I can earn no, enough money to live. I don't think, I don't think at seventeen that you cared. I don't think the career thing. It was, God, they they might pay me to come and do what I'm doing. Yep. I can sit over there and I can have me back then. I can have my shirt off and I can look at the girls and and I can have a great time and I'm going to get paid for it. And because I'd seen blokes do, doing it, yeah. you know, and uh, it wasn't even going to be a full-time gig. It was probably only a, a summer gig for two or three months, but I didn't care. And then it was coming up around to that sort of time where I did some uh, qualifications for it, and my brother's mate said, oh, "I need it. What's your, what's Mick doing?" And said, "Oh, not much." He goes, "Can you come and give me a hand? I'm, I need a bloke to load some tiles on a roof." 
So I went and loaded some tiles on a roof and that was the start of a 25-year career of putting tiles on roofs, believe it or not. Yeah, right. Mm. So you've, you've gone from being in the sun in the surf to being on the roof on the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Loading yeah. tiles, etc. <laughs> yeah, loved it too. I actually loved it too. Yeah, okay. Once I got going. Fit, as a young bloke, you're in the sun, you're brown, you're fit. Um, yeah, different place every day. Did you trade? Did you do a trade? Uh, no, I just did, I did my time. Uh, then, then because of time, you could go through and they would give you a, a craftsman certificate, what they okay. say. So back then, they weren't putting anyone through. It's just learn to do it. Yep. It's a different place every day. We, we I was in Central Coast base, but we came used to come up here to the old, um, uh, all the areas that were, you know, remote back then. Lemon Tree Passage. <laughs> it felt like it was, took us a day. Yep. No shops. Yep. So I loved it. Different place. Hard work. And I stuck it, you know, basically stuck it out for 25 years. I ended up getting a, on, a, on a crew, a day crew for Monia, which is a big, big company. Yep. Um, and then went out on my own. Basically got sick of it. Just sort of hard work, getting a bit older. And actually, so when you went on your own, did you have a crew? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my brother-in-law and another bloke. So did that for about three or four, five years, it's hard to say, roughly. Made some good money. And um, then just got tired of it. And I went in a big change. I went and actually did some work with David Jones. Yeah, right. As a, like a loss prevention. Yeah, okay. And installments or something. I've got the old, um, the joke I used to say about working at David Jones. I said I was a diesel fitter. <laughs> Have you heard that one? I was a diesel no. fitter. And everyone goes, you're not a mechanic, Mick. <laughs> no, no. I said I used to work in the uh, lingerie department, hold the bras up and go, diesel fitter. <laughs> Dad joke, love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that was where all that uh, that's where all that went to. And then uh, I was lucky. I, I saw an ad ad in the um, Central Coast Express. Yeah, it might, it, it might. It probably was. And it was for a, a contracting supervisor in the roof tiling business for Piney Roof Tiles. And so I'll give this a go. And believe it or not, the, the, the last two there was about hundred went for it. And the last two applicants was were, were me and the bloke that I used to work with at Monia, the last two. So I ended up getting the job and I've been basically, that was uh, that's 20 odd, 20 years ago now. Yeah, right. And so what's this role entail? <coughs> what do you do? Uh, mainly uh, looking after the contractors, mm-hmm. subcontractors. Yep. Organising, uh, organising the gear to get the sites, um, the safety gear, obviously rail and stuff now. Liaison with the builders when they're going to be ready, when they're not. Go and even, we have some major, a couple of major customers, so you could go and see them and say, how's it all going. Yep. Talk to other supervisors, construction meetings, maybe just keeping an eye on when the jobs are ready and, and, and making them just flow. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a great job. Um, it has its problems because dealing with human beings that. Like all jobs. Like all jobs, and and the, the big part of my I'm the meat in the sandwich. So you've got the contractors having dramas. Not turning up, or them having dramas, all coming to me. Then the builder and his supervisor having dramas about them, all coming to me. So some days it can be really, you know. Uh, but in general, yeah, it's it's about how you deal with it. Yep. How you deal with it, how you don't take it home so much, and just um, yeah, it, it's a good job because it's it's challenging, and you you get given challenges, and your job is to fix them, to make yeah. them right. Solve problems, eh? To solve the problem. And when you can solve the problem, there's always another next one. But when you solve a problem, it's satisfying. Yeah, good. Yeah, 
Yeah. A question for you. Yeah. Now that you've, we talked at the start of the podcast around your interviews, charity work and passion for the community. Have you ever thought about how could I make that my career? I'm, I'm good at it. How can I make a living out of doing some of these things? Touched on it. Yeah. Not only through myself, thought about it. Um, maybe, maybe, the, maybe too late in life for it. Uh, happy to do... Happy to do it for nothing, probably at this stage. But whether it's a, I think you need to make a living out of doing something like you might need to be a little bit more higher profile and and just you know that that sort of the leg in the door sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's a, I just like doing it. I, I think I, I do it without even thinking. Yep. Which a lot of people would say that's what I do a lot of the time. But yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got a time machine in our podcast. So if we rewound the clock to 20-year-old Mick, given what you know today, what advice would you give him? What advice would I give 20-year-old Mick? Um, it's a very good question. I don't, think I, I don't think I've got regrets with anything. I think the advice would I give to twenty-year-old Mick was would be, maybe enjoy your ride a little bit more than what you have. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that's 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 how I would say. Yeah. Looking back, sometimes enjoy the present. Don't focus y- y- on the y- future or the yeah, past. Yeah, I think when you're a bit younger and and you're doing, you know, like I, I worked and worked and worked, and we had two kids, a boy and a girl, and and back then doesn't seem like the dark age, not talking that, but um, I was at work and, and, and Dawn was at home with the kids most of the time and that's how it was. I'd come home and I'd had a hard day on the roof. And, but I, I, I coached my son at soccer. I did that. I played. So, I mean, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, but maybe sit back and next time around just enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe not worry about some things that you can't fix. Yep. You know. No, love it. Which still happens. You, you, you don't. You can't. That's probably human nature. But yeah, it's. Uh, you, you can't worry about something that you can't have any uh, control over. Love it, Mick. Mm. Good response. And look, um, from a phone call about a job and uh, having a chat to you about you know uh, shared experiences with football and you doing interviews and then your charity work. I thought this guy. I've got to get him onto the podcast. So I really appreciate you taking the time and coming to have a chat to us and. Best of luck on Friday night with the um, dancing. I hope you raise a truckload of money. And I'll, I'll let you know how I go, mate. I reckon, I think I'm, I'm aiming for the most amount of money. I'm yep. aiming for the people's choice. Yep. But I don't think I'll win the dance. So <laughs> as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks, Mick. Thank you. Special thanks to our guest today, Mick Morley. Um, like I said at the start, a really random uh, introduction to each other. We had a great conversation and I'm sure we're going to continue to be acquaintances and friends and I wish him all the best in all the different charities and community support that he is going to continue to do uh, over the short and long term. Especially, we'll have again uh, a link in the show notes to be able to donate to his Dancing with the Stars charity on the Central Coast uh, this weekend encourage you if you're listening to it in in may or early june in 2021 
jump on and, and throw a few few bucks uh, mix way. It's for a great cause, and and as you heard there, it's uh, supporting um, his brother that recently passed due to cancer. Um, again, thanks, Mick. Really enjoyed the conversation. If you loved this conversation, go back and listen to some of our older uh, podcasts where we've interviewed people and discussed their careers and what makes them love what they do at work each day. We talk about how they get into various careers and the stumbling blocks as well as the successes of doing that. If you loved our podcast, I'd love it if you could go on and give us a rating on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It just helps more people uh, get to hear our podcast. Again, I'm Craig McGregor. This is the Career Conversations podcast, and thanks for listening.